But what really made the field explode was the celebrity stylists. There, have you ever seen pictures of celebrities before they had stylists? I mean, you could take anybody from J-Lo to all kinds of people. Will Smith or even Oprah or whatever they're beginning. And then you see the evolution. So that's what made it popular. But it's also what contributed to the perception that it was just for celebrities. That was Anne Morrissey speaking about the beginnings of the trend toward everyday people, not just celebrities, using personal stylists. Personal styling is, in fact, our focus on this episode Episode number 73 of Looking Forward. Welcome to Looking Forward, where we speak with experts about marketplace and societal trends, and most importantly, how they might affect you. I'm Jeff Ostroff, the host of Looking Forward. If you're like me, you're fascinated by trends in the future. In fact, several years ago, that was one of the things I focused on in a book I wrote. Hi everyone. Today, more and more people are turning to personal styling consultants to improve their image, their self-esteem, and their chances for success in romance or their careers. And it's no longer just the rich and the famous, like celebrities, who are doing this. In part one of this two-part series, we're going to learn about what sparked the growth in this trend, what personal stylists can do for you, who uses personal stylists, the global nature of this phenomenon, and more. To help us with all that, we've brought on an expert on this topic. She's Anne Morrissey. Anne Morrissey is an image and personal style expert who works with men and women to make sure they show up looking and feeling like they're at the top of their game, personally and professionally. As an image and personal style expert with 15 years of experience, Anne says it is her job to make sure you come across on video and in person with confidence, credibility, and class. Although Anne is technically part of the fashion industry, it's not fashion that motivates her. She says fashion is just one of her tools and that the person she's working with is her number one priority. Anne says that for her, the role of fashion is to bring out the brilliance and the beauty of the individual and create a transformation. She describes it as, quote, an amazing process to see, and it never gets old. Hi, Anne. Welcome to Looking Forward. Hi, Jeff. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I am thrilled to have you, and my only disappointment is that our listeners are not going to be able to see not only how you look <laughs> and have put yourself together as a stylist, but also the beautiful background that you have set up for yourself. So they're just going to have to imagine all this, but when they work with you, they're going to see it. Well, now, if they work with me, they can see it. It's a closet, everybody. It's a really, really fabulous walk-in closet with um, majorly nice organization, colorful, and I just thought it was an appropriate setting for somebody that does image right? That works with image. You're right. And when you do image, you can't let your guard down. Like I can let my guard down a little bit because people don't expect me to be coaching them on image, God forbid. But you, <laughs> but you, this is what you do. Now, Anne, you've been an image and personal stylist consultant and a business owner for about 15 years now. 
And I'm wondering if you could tell us just a little bit about what led you to pursue that field. Is this something that maybe you'd been thinking about doing for years, Anne, or maybe you kind of tripped over it? It just sort of happened. Well, no, it is not something that I directly uh, thought that I would pursue. It's, it was more of an accident. I graduated from, from USF, University of San Francisco, with a degree in broadcasting and communication, so I thought I wanted to be on the news. And many years later of looking for all kinds of work that I really loved, I realized that styling people just came naturally, naturally to me. I didn't even really know that it was a thing until the show What Not to Wear came out and the show before that, um, Fashion Emergency. And then I started to get really interested. Like I could do this for people who pay me to do this. <laughs> and um, then after the real estate crisis, which I had been in real estate investing and I got in, in some trouble in that in 2006, I guess. I said, no more of that. I'm gonna do what I wanna do. I'm gonna be a personal stylist. And I started working at women's clothing stores so I get a whole lot of experience um, with different bodies and all that kind of stuff. And after, and that's how I got my start. I just said, people liked the way that I worked with them. And then I, I had a card and I started getting clients and there you have it. And I never looked back. Was it scary to do that, Anne? Because it wasn't like you were just getting out of school. You were kind of doing a mid-career change here. No, what's scary is to stay at a job that you hate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had been looking for the right job for me for years. And finally it occurred to me, oh, I get it. There is no right job for me. I'm gonna have to create it myself. So when I, now 1986, when I graduated from, from college, they weren't talking about entrepreneurship and doing your own thing. Their whole thing was get a job. So I ran through that as, as, as long as I could until I said, oh, okay, that's not, that's not what it's gonna be for me. So rather than scary, I think it was a relief. Finally, I was having fun and I was in charge and people were getting great results. I, I, I wasn't scared, no. You know, I have to comment on that. First of all, my degree was also in radio, TV, film, communications. And I will share with you that it's only in my second career, with a small exception at the beginning of my first career, that I have really felt that I'm doing what I really love to do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great that you have put that out there for people, that it's so important to find something that they truly love to do. It really is. Rather I, than just finding a job. I think it's everything. You have to spend too much time at the job, right? So you need to love it. For me, it, it took me a long time to realize that this was a talent because it was so close to me. I was like, well, what, what's the big deal? Just go to the mall, it's right there, right? Just, I, I couldn't imagine people not being able or having a hard time doing what I did. So when, when listeners are thinking, you know, if you're thinking about doing something that you love, then it's typically really, really close to you. Something that it doesn't occur to you is a talent or a skill. It, it could be that, but, but you gotta look into that what, what's, what comes easy for you? What's a strength for you? And then you, and then you build on that and you get a little help to turn it into a business. That's great, great <laughs> advice. And a lot of people may not know exactly what an image and personal stylist does, and maybe more importantly, what an image and personal stylist can do for them. So can you please tell us a little bit more about that? Maybe give us some examples of why people have sought you out. 
Okay, so people that are really into fashion, don't call me because they are just going to go off and do whatever they do on their own. It's people that want to look good, that need to be put together and struggle with it. So they're looking in the mirror, they've spent a lot of money maybe on, on things over the years, and somehow they're not satisfied with what the results are, and they cannot figure it out. So that's when the phone rings, hey, I need help. Okay. <laughs> so then I'm looking at either at them on Zoom in their closet on, on Zoom, because I work with clients all, from all over the world, or I'm at their house. And we are figuring out, and well, they're not, I, in about five minutes, I can tell what's the problem. Wow. So, so it may be that you have a lot of dresses, but you've got really bad shoes. That's not good. It may, it could be a million different things. And so the process is of just first deciding how do you want to show up before I do anything, I'm pulling it out of them. How do you want to show up? Give me three words. What is your vibe? What is the image that you want to put out there? Right. Give me three words. And so some people have got their three words on top of their head. Some people would struggle. So let me give you an example. Somebody might say, well, I want to be uh, chic, smart, and sophisticated. Okay. I get an image of that. Somebody else might say bold, fabulous, and colorful. Okay. The reason that I'm asking these questions is because I could make somebody look like anything. There's a million different ways, but who cares? It doesn't matter what I can do. I need to pull it out of you so that we get, we end up with an image that feels like you. And when, if somebody says to give me a description of say bold, fabulous, and colorful, then I automatically know, okay, there's clothes that can make you look like that and accessories and, the, and, the, and there are things that absolutely cannot. So it's a way to weed out what doesn't work and narrow down this really overwhelming process into something that they can handle. Now, why would they seek you out in the first place what is it that they're looking for you to do Anne? they don't like how they look they don't like how that they they feel that they could do better they feel that uh other people look quote pulled together and they are more on the sloppy or frumpy side and by the way i, I work with both men and women so for, and there's a lot of different reasons okay so so for example someone could call um this happens a lot a man been divorced a few years, wants to date again, and he's looking in his closet and what is it? It's not gonna work, he's gotta take the picture. So he needs to have something that's a little more up-to-date and attractive, but he has no idea how to make that happen. Let's say the guy is 55, right? Now that's a great age, but you better not be 55 and trying to look 25 because that's gonna be tragic, right? <laughs> It's a wanting to look current and they, these are their words, pulled together, but not able to make that happen for themselves. So, okay, for example, take it, let's take it out of clothing completely and say, let's say that you have, you've moved into a house and, you know, they've got some landscaping, but it's really kind of tired and the people did a do-it-yourself job and you're not happy because... You're not happy. So what are you going to do? Are you going to go to Home Depot or the, you know, the, the garden shop and get a bunch of plants to try to do it yourself? You could. And the, and we all know what would happen then. Or are you going to get a landscaper to come in there and make that fabulous? It's really not any different than that. It's get a person that has the, an eye and a talent to look at you without all of your baggage and your thoughts about yourself and bring out how awesome you can be. Because when I see somebody, when I meet somebody, I see their before and their after simultaneously. Well, that is fantastic. It kind of reminds me of 
a person I know, now long retired, but was in the home remodeling business. Mm -hmm. And this person would be able to look at a property. This is now less of their direct business, more real estate investing. And they could mm -hmm. look at a property and they could say, yeah, I know it looks like a dump, but I could fix it up and either I'll rent it out or I'll sell it. You need exactly. to have that vision, right? You have that. Yeah. Vision. And I used to, that's funny because that was what I did right before this is real estate investing. And, and it is that it's the ability to see what can be, not just what is. So I can see past what I'm presented with because a person is really just a canvas, right? They're the blank canvas. Everybody's got the head, everybody's got the same thing. So what are we going to do with that canvas? It's art really and how they want to be seen and how I see them and what can actually happen while still making them feel like themselves. Yes. And it requires something that you obviously have. And I will tell you, I don't necessarily have it for this sort of thing. I do have it with ideas though, but I don't have it so much with what you're talking about, the tangible things, visualization skills. You need good visualization skills to be able to project and see that. Well, you ha also have to be a really good listener. Mm. So when I get to somebody's house or talk to somebody on Zoom or whatever, then I'm not talking about, hi, I'm Ann. I've been a personal stylist for 15 years. No, we don't go there. We start with, so what can I do for you? How do you want to show up? It's all about them. And then I'm listening. I'm listening for what is it? What's going on? Because, because people initially think that I have a fashion business, that it's all about fashion. But really, I don't care that much about fashion. I mean, I certainly like it enough, right? But, you know, I use it as a tool. It's, it's just a tool to bring out the brilliance and the beauty of the person that I'm talking to. It's a powerful tool, but that's really what it is. Also, it's so overwhelming. The, the amount of choice it has now become, especially with all this virtual shopping, has become absolutely overwhelming. It's one thing to go to a big, huge mall. Like we've got great, huge malls here in, in, in South Florida, in Miami and Boca and, and Palm Beach and all that. But, you know, add on to that all, all that's available online. And now we've got people that don't really know how they want to show up looking around in that whole situation. Yeah. And they, and they can't make it work. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's a challenge that most of us have, which is the plethora of options that are available to us that can actually stifle us from being yeah. able to do anything, right? Especially when you add in your own little voice in the back of your head that starts talking about, oh, that's good for her, but you could never pull that off. Or all of that that comes with it. Well, you know, I mean, that, that looks like it's for a young person or that looks like, it, I mean, all of that will stop people in their tracks from trying something that could be great for them before they've even tried it on. And working with me, that doesn't happen because I'm picking the things and I don't have your baggage, right? I don't have your little voice back there saying how much it's not going to work. I'm just showing you things that maybe they work, maybe they don't. 90% of the time people say, Oh my God, I love this. I never would have picked this in a million years. This is so great, but they wouldn't have picked it because I don't know why they don't pick it. It always amazes me. They walk right past what would be great for something that's just like, you know, a little gray t-shirt or something that will do nothing for them. I think you've made a great point there, which is one of the things that you introduce to people is your objectivity. And sometimes people get caught up in their own baggage, their own subjectivity about what their potential is, what they could possibly be. 
as you may know, in looking forward, of course, we're focused on trends. But to do that, we first like to look backwards a little bit to see how things have evolved. Can you tell us a little bit about how the, the business of a personal stylist and image consultant has changed, how the use of a person like that has changed or the need for somebody like that has changed over, say, the last couple of decades? But before COVID, we'll isolate COVID into something else. Well, I think that the, the evolution, it used to be that getting your colors done was the first thing that people would think of if you're if you say you're an image consultant they used to bring these swaths of colors and put it up by your face and and by whatever they figured out you'd be a winter summer spring or fall and then those things then according to their analysis then those are the colors that you should pick i don't do that because you don't need to do that that's kind of like the old-fashioned part. But what really made the field explode was the celebrity stylists. There, have you ever seen pictures of celebrities before they had stylists? I mean, you could take anybody from J-Lo to all kinds of people. Will Smith or even Oprah or whatever they're beginning. And then you see the evolution. So that's what made it popular. But it's also what contributed to the perception that it was just for celebrities. Hmm. It's not. So now the change has been more and more everyday people are realizing that it's not just for celebrities. I can have my own styles. I can hire somebody to help me put it together. I think that's one of the biggest changes. But although the work itself, I can't really imagine that the work is really any different than it ever was. Now, the need is kind of subjective. It's just like, so, so in other words, I can't just go up to anybody on the street that I think that could benefit from what I do and hand them a card and say, hi, I'm Anne. I think you'd be, you know, you'd love what I do or you really use what I do. No, because, you know, the person themselves has to perceive the need. You're asking about, right? So they may need it. They may really be able to benefit from it. But if they can't see that, you're not going to get anywhere. And I think of the things that you mentioned, the one that really struck me is that everyday people have now started to, over the last couple of decades, use people mm -hmm. like you, mm -hmm. as opposed to thinking it was just for the Hollywood types. Exactly, because when you think about it, everybody has to get dressed every day, right? That is not going away. So if you do things like most people will, they don't have a, any sort of a shopping strategy. So they just sort of go out from time to time, buy random stuff without a strategy. So after a few years of doing that, what happens? You get a closet full of clothes and nothing to wear because you didn't plan what was gonna go with what. When that's what happens, which is what happens with a lot of people because they have not been taught how to put an image together, how to actually construct it for impact. They look at what they've got and they go, oh my God, what is going on? That's when sometimes the light goes on and they say, I've done the best that I can do. Let me call in somebody that you know could get some better results. And you don't have to be a celebrity to do that. You just simply have had to look at what you got at one point. Maybe your boss says, you know what? You know why that other person got the promotion? Because they know how to package themselves. Want to learn a little bit about that? We know you've got great skills, but your image and your message don't match. A lot of times when the employment mentions something, the, their little bell will go ding, 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 ding. Yes. Yes. Oh, really? I thought it was just enough to do a good job. I didn't realize that anybody else was looking at anything else. They are. 
They are. And certainly finding a job I could see would be why somebody would be motivated to use the services. Finding a job or climbing up in a job. Mm. But there's a lot of people that have jobs that work in, in, in corporate America, but there's also a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners. For them, they are the product. And the way they put themselves together from head to toe is their packaging. So you have to ask yourself, well, so what is your packaging saying about you in this competitive business world? A lot of people that, that call me are business owners that have gotten to a certain level and know that what got them there won't take them the rest of the way. They've got to put that icing on the cake. Got to. Very important. I'm going to mention something to you, and that you didn't directly mention, but you have alluded to it in the context of the global marketplace. 30% of our listeners, roughly speaking, do not live in the United States. One of the things that's really changed in our society, and I'm talking again, pre-COVID, is the internet. And I'm wondering if the internet has created dramatic changes in your industry, including the people who may not live near you, and I mean this, not even live in the same continent as you, who might be looking for these services. Do you find that people who live outside the United States, as far as you can tell, might also feel a need to similar degrees? And do you find that the internet is really driving a lot of the use, not only among people in the United States, but outside of the United States to contact you? Wow. Okay. Take that one on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think that, yes, there are people all over the world that experience the need to hire a stylist in Australia, in Italy, in in Europe, in Canada, and just all over. And I have a lot of clients from the Caribbean and South America too. So because it's a universal thing to want to put your best foot forward. Everybody's not born with that. So some people need more help than others. Okay, so yes, it's a worldwide thing. The other thing is how is the internet affecting this? So I have just recently signed up with an app. I don't know really what it is, an app, software, something like that. It's called Good Picks. And through Good Picks, it's so cool because I can take anything from anywhere on the internet and clip it and put it into my own store and my own private site with clients so that it doesn't matter where they live, they could purchase this, uh, these items, I can make outfits for them that way. So in other words, uh, virtual styling is exploding and I'm getting better at it. The reason I say I'm getting better at it is because it's not the same thing. I like to be able to touch things and see them and the pictures that you get on the internet are often not representative of what you think they are. And it's not usually in a good way. It's usually like, oh, this was so cute. Look at what it ha- what how it showed up. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to be able to, you know, to navigate that whole thing. But yes, this virtual styling is something that is really growing. And uh, I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. And are there any particular countries where you think they're kind of a step ahead of most of the other countries in terms of they're really having people who know how to make themselves look as good as they possibly can. Is there anybody that might stand out, any country that might Europeans, stand out? Europeans always stand out with, with that because 
you know, and I don't really know why, but, you know, just take a trip to Europe and you'll see that they care more. Maybe I shouldn't say that they, sh they care more. Somehow they just, it's just part of their way of being, part of their culture that they take time with how they show up. Americans, it's very sad to say, you know, go to the airport. You see a whole bunch of people. It will take you so long to find somebody that has put themselves together, right? Because I think what Americans are into is comfort. And great, it's, it's okay to be comfortable. Everybody wants to be comfortable, but here's the deal. You can be stylish and comfortable at the same time. Americans have not mastered that. They have not. When I show somebody that how that can be, it blows them away. Yeah. So I'm totally comfortable and I look great. I, I don't have to wear sweats. I don't have to wear slides. I don't, you know, yeah, there's a whole world of things that's comfortable and it looks fantastic. That's a mentality that I try to really get out there is to just raise the bar. Because when you are feeling stylish and comfortable and put together, your whole day goes differently. The quality of energy is so much more improved and elevated when you have actually taken time to make an effort. The, it's the effort that's attractive. Yes, this is great. And it reminds me, and I had a guest expert on Anne Cecil, who is a fashion expert. And she was just saying that with COVID, which we'll get to, everybody seems to want to just wear sweatpants now. <laughs> like it's become sort of a sweatpants society oh. because it's comfortable. I can work from my home and I'll be in sweatpants. And she's right. And if you go to the store, I mean, they're getting better right now, but a few months ago, it was terrifying. It was all just crap, just sweats, just Birkenstocks, just like, come on, come on. Really? That's it? That's all you got? Because that stuff, it's just a low grade energy to me. Yes. Right. It's low grade energy. And, and yes, everybody's been through COVID and that's low grade enough. I like to use clothing as something that lights me up, that makes me happy, that, that energizes me and energizes my clients rather than just comfort. Because, but see, but that's because I know I can be comfortable and look good at the same time. Yes. A lot of people may not realize that. They don't realize that. Yeah. And that's why you get what you get when you look out at the general population. Here, the guys are typically, they'll even go on dates in um, cargo shorts, t-shirts, and flip-flops. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't show up to my door like that. We will not be going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because it's the effort. You have to make an effort. It doesn't have to just look like you care. Yes. Absolutely. Right? Look like you thought about it. But like we were saying before, when you know, leading going through the it's overwhelming. Let me let me give you an example. So I don't get overwhelmed when I'm shopping online or in the big huge stores, right? But where it does happen to me is at Sephora or the makeup store, the huge makeup store. You go in there and what do they have? All these, all this packaging. And you can't tell if it looks good on you or anything. And here comes some, what, 20-year-old girl with glitter all over her face going, can I help you? <laughs> so I was like, okay, um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get the same thing I always get and get the heck out of there because I don't know what to do. I don't know what to pick. And I, and I don't trust the advice yes. at all. They're just trying to sell you stuff. So that does happen to me, and I, but there. So I understand the feeling of, you know what? I'm just going to pick the path of least resistance. I'm going to go in and get what I always do and look how I always have, even though 
I'm not really happy with it. It's better than going through all of that. Right. And that's really what I ne- help people navigate through because for me, it's amazing. I love doing that. And you know what? What I'm thinking about when you say this, which I might not have thought about before, is when you're working with people, they are probably at some point fairly early in the process feeling a sense of stress reduction because I now have somebody who can help me figure this out. I'm not at Sephora's. I'm not wherever else I might be, right? Having to make these choices, I've got an expert who knows what to do and can ease my mind. Well, you're right, Jeff. You're absolutely right. Because one of the things that I tell them is, look, I don't sell clothes. That's not how I make my money. I charge a flat fee up front based on you know where they're starting. And so my motivation is not to sell clothes. My motivation is to make you look better than you ever knew that you could. Yeah. Right. And I don't care where we go to make that happen. I'm not wedded to any particular store or anything. Right. So there's, I don't have any limits to do this for you. And yes, they do feel a sense of relief, but it's, it's sort of relief and panic at the same time because they don't know me. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this lady going to do to me? But I always tell people, look, I am never, ever going to talk you into anything. If you don't like it, we don't get it. And we'll be able to tell very soon. But if you like it or you love it, then we're going to get it. And I know what was going to happen. I've already decided what's going to happen to it. Yeah. Right. So once they, once we are in there, you know, working together for an hour or so, and we're finding stuff like they've never found it before, then they can start to relax a little bit and go, okay, this is actually fun. I would think think so. Yeah. it, It is a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. This concludes part one of our two-part series on personal styling with our guest expert, Anne Morrissey. Please join us next time for part two of this series. If you have any questions you'd like to ask Anne or me, please contact me at my website, www.jeff-ostroff.com. And if you like this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you'd note that on the podcast hosting site where you listen to it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something. I also hope that you'll tell others about our show. If you have any comments or ideas for future episodes, please contact me at my website, jeff-ostroff.com. That's J-E-F-F-Ostroff, O-S-T-R-O-F-F.com. This is Jeff Ostroff inviting you to join us again next time on Looking Forward.